0: Welcome to the Point of Impact Podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for joining us today. Get ready to be inspired and motivated to live a high-impact life. Now, here's Rick. Welcome to another episode of the Point of Impact Podcast. I'm Rick McDaniel. It's great to have you joining us again today as we're rolling into a new season here. And one of the things that I had said before I went on break from the last season was that I would be doing some traveling And I would share some stories and some insights that came out of that. And I talked about my trip to Iceland. And today I want to talk about my trip to Rocky Mountain National Park in Colorado. But before I get into that, just want to circle back and touch on a few things that I mentioned last week, which is brand new development here just within the last several weeks is something called Daily Devotions with Rick McDaniel, and it's on Pray Radio and Pray.com. Pray Radio is a part of Pray.com. And this is a devotion each day, Monday through Friday, two and a half to three minutes is all it is. And it happens every single week, and it started a few weeks ago. And I would love for you to, to listen to those devotions It's a great way to start your day. Now, they come on live at 2.30 in the afternoon. So if you want to start your day, you'll have to go to the channels area and, uh, you know, just do it on demand. But you certainly listen live if you like at 2.30 Eastern time, 11.30 Pacific time. So it could be uh, closer to your lunchtime on the West Coast. But basically, this is just straight me uh, reading... The devotions that I've been writing for years. These devotions are going to be in a new book that comes out in January called This Is Living. I'll talk a lot more about that in the weeks to come. Really excited about it. Just saw the cover for it this past week. Looks fantastic. Really, really great typesetting. All this it's really gonna be a beautiful hardcover book that you know just you could use. 100 days, it's got 100 devotions in it, so you could use a different one for 100 days. It would just be really something that I think could bless you in many ways. But that's a little ways off. But in the meantime, if you want to listen each day, you can just go to Daily Devotions with Rick McDaniel and you have the opportunity to hear those devotions and really just get a a fantastic inspirational spark to start your day or or to end your day or in the middle of your day and inspirational thoughts a scripture verse as well it's just really a perfect way to be inspired to live out your faith and to just have some thoughts for you to ponder during that day that could really 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 uh, make a big difference in your life super excited about it now Just a couple weeks ago, I was on something called Sunday Service on Pray.com. And that's where they take a message from a preacher around America. And they put that message on for people to listen to. That message had over 1.7 million impressions on it. So that was a huge response. That was a message called... Uh, finish well, which is some of the same content as the episode that I did last week. I talked about that, that, that I just never expected it to be that kind of a, an incredible 1,713,467 people to be exact. So lots and lots of people. Unfortunately, that is one of the things where it's on that Sunday. And if you don't hear it that Sunday, You don't get to hear it, but there is the Finish Well podcast episode from last week that has some of the same content in it, so you can certainly take advantage of that. So that's some new stuff that is happening in in my life, and uh, I'm excited about it, and I wanted to share it with you. So let's just jump in today. So I went out in July to Colorado, to Rocky Mountain National Park, and I rented a convertible, And I drove from Denver, which is just really an incredibly beautiful drive, through Boulder, which is where the University of Colorado is, and made my way into the park to drive on what is called Trail Ridge Road. And it is a very, very significant road. It is the highest paved road in America. 11 miles of the road are actually above the tree line. At its highest point, the road hits twelve thousand one hundred and eighty-three feet in elevation, so it is uh, a thrill ride. It is a must-see, and if you know if you have a convertible and you you can open up the whole top so you can see three hundred and sixty degrees, that just makes it even better. Although I have to tell you, I started there probably about eight in the morning, and I had the top down. And as I went up in elevation, the temperature dropped, and it got below fifty degrees. And I was like in shorts and a t-shirt, and I literally had to stop at the only store that they have and like buy like a a long sleeve shirt to put on to keep because I didn't want to put the top up. I really wanted to keep it down. So it's really something. It's it's just got thrilling views and wildlife sightings and spectacular alpine scenes I mean it is something else and it's you know it's only open about 5 months of the year they'll close it and then it'll stay closed a long time I mean a really long time from like October to June something like that it's it's not very long so you got to you got to get in that window when you can so i I wanted to take this drive. I wanted to see all these sites, but there was some place in particular that I wanted to go. And that is called Milner Pass. And when you get to Milner Pass, you come onto the Continental Divide. Now, the Continental Divide is like the uh, spine on the roof of America, it traverses America from Alaska. Goes all the way through America. It goes almost all the way to Cape Horn at the end of South America. I mean, it's just remarkable to consider. The continental divide separates drainage to the Atlantic from drainage to the Pacific. So you think, you know, how does that happen? All right. So there's this uh, little creek, Caché la Padre Creek, and that drains into the Platte River, which flows into the Missouri River that then flows to the Mississippi River and eventually reaches the Gulf of Mexico, which is part of the Atlantic Ocean. And then if it ends up on the other side, it drains into Beaver Creek, which goes into the Colorado River, which flows through the Grand Canyon and onto the Gulf of California, which is part of the Pacific Ocean so at this point it's the point of divide it's the point of division it's amazing to stand on a spot and realize you know just this is like the tipping point of the United States of America every bit of precipitation goes either right or left east coast or west coast at this very location it is the the natural physical dividing point of America. It's not the middle of America. It's more west than that, but it's the dividing point of America. And that is just a, a remarkable thing to, to just consider, you know, that you could stand on such a place and realize, you know, what this means in terms of kind of physical division. Now I do. I'll just take a quick little side note and say that's not the only thing in in Rocky Mountain National Park. Um, it's certainly a, a, an absolute must do. But there, there's a beautiful area called Bear Lake. I went there as well. In fact, um, the Bear Lake is just, there's like a little half a mile walk around that. That's not much, but there's a hiking trail that you can take, which I read. I read it to be 1.8 miles. And so I was like, I'm going to get myself a good workout and really kind of hoof it up almost a mile. And uh, then I can, you know, walk downhill on the way back easier. So I went after it for for about a mile. And then I came to realize that the 1.8 was not the loop, but was only one way of the 3.6 mile loop. And I'm going to tell you what. I was a hurting puppy. By the time I got to the top, I literally had to just lay down on a giant rock to just take a little rest and eat a kind bar just to try to kind of rejuvenate myself. Obviously, a lot easier to go back down than to back up, but it was strenuous to say the least, but some incredible alpine lake type views, a couple more lakes that you see on the way up there. So it's a marvelous place and then there's Estes Park is right there which is a, a beautiful little town uh, to visit right there you know at the base of it all so it's a it's great it has the Stanley Hotel which is where the Shining movie was filmed and that's beautiful and you know great representation of kind of a old time hotel uh, that's been kept so well and is really beautiful lots of lots of good stuff for sure and Denver not all that far away so well worth you know well worth the trip I'd say to go out there and and just and then Grand Lake is at the other end so Estes Park is at one end of the Trail Ridge Road Grand Lake is at the other that is beautiful absolutely beautiful as well it doesn't have the little necessarily the same little town vibe that Estes Park does but it's got the Grand Lake and man it's, it's fantastic. So I, I highly recommend it. It's one of the more popular national parks in the whole country in terms of visitors. In fact, it's one of six that you have to get the timed ticket. Like ahead of time, you have to get a ticket in order to get in. I had to get mine probably when I think it what was open one, one day, uh, maybe a month before. And I got mine in the, right at the beginning in the first five minutes, like almost 200 tickets were gone. For that time period. So if you want to do it, it's one of six that are so popular that they have to use the the timed ticket method. But it is beautiful as Colorado as much of Colorado. Of course, there's lots of other places you could go to. I was there uh, for uh, business type purposes and and Denver. So I didn't have uh, a lot of time. I wasn't there vacationing per se. I just took some extra time to go there. But Denver's great too, Union Station, which is just, it's so cool to see these, these big, um, train stations, you know, back when trains were the way people traversed across this country. And and that was, uh, that's pretty, pretty neat to see, especially if you've been to like the one in LA and the one in Chicago and the one in Washington, DC, you know, these sort of major stations, uh, that you went from one end of the country to the other. And of course, New York, uh, station as well grand central those are i've been to all of those and those are really cool all those train stations are really neat to see and they're different in various ways i actually was just in the kansas city train station uh, as well just here just a few weeks ago i was speaking in kansas city that's another example of a great train station so lots of good stuff there but while i was standing there on the continental divide you know i couldn't help but just think about the divide in america and frankly even in the church i mean it's 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 there there's there's no doubt about it and there are divides that are i think unnatural and i definitely think are unhealthy and i just believe we're being divided by our differences instead of being united by our similarities and so i want to just talk about that a little bit today i'm not claiming to have all the answers by any means nor am I claiming that this is unique. I just read a fascinating article about how in the 1880s to the mid-1890s, there was terrible partisan division in our country, much like it is now. So here, gosh, you know, 200, what, 30, 40 years ago, um, not 200, 100, 130, 40 years ago, this was happening. So this isn't, the first time but it's it, you know it's discouraging nonetheless because after 9-11 we really had this great amount of unity in our country and it just seems like that's all gone away now I understand the fact that there are going to people are going to have differences I mean that's that's fine there's you know there's nothing wrong with that uh, un- unity does not mean uniformity so I get it. And, you know, I was I was just thinking about, even in my own life, just the way my life has gone, I, I happen to be a part of two of these, like, gigantic sort of differences. One is that I come from Hartford, Connecticut, which is almost exactly equidistant between New York and Boston. So people can be New York fans or Boston fans. And uh, we had an incredible brawl one time, <laughs> when I was in high school, just unbelievable over the Yankees and Red Sox. That's a story for another day. But let me just say, uh, that's an enormous rivalry. And so I'm on the Red Sox side of that. uh, And, you know, the New Yorkers, again, I live, grew up right in between the two. and, And yet there were just huge differences. So even people in the same town or in the same area, could end up, you know, having this bitter difference over Red Sox Yankees, and back when the Yankees were winning tons of championships and the Red Sox were having one of the longest droughts ever, you know, it was one thing. But now that the Red Sox have won more championships in the last twenty years than by not just one, you know, but by a number uh, like four to zero. Uh, um, it it's really heated up even more because the equality now is there in a way that is remarkable. Then I'm also a graduate of Duke University, and we have this bitter, bitter rivalry with the University of North Carolina. Uh, the schools are only like eight miles apart. It's it's incredible. Uh, in fact, I lived in Chapel Hill when I went to Duke. So Chapel Hill, I mean, just imagine I lived in the town where, where UNC is. Not even that far actually from there their uh, arena so I know what it's like to you know have these kind of like strong differences about you know my team's better than yours I root for mine that that whole that whole sort of thing I, I get that I understand that I understand that you know people have differences but those again you know those are the sorts of things that that are at one level of difference but they don't transcend into like the highest level where we seem to be where we're all fellow Americans and yet there seems to be this disdain uh, maybe even hatred uh, which is just really really discouraging i also understand and and i want to say this because i've had the opportunity you know to travel the world so i have a, a perspective on this how big the united states is versus other countries just it's just remarkable to be in many of the european countries for instance they're just so small i mean some of them like the netherlands and belgium you know they're just denmark they're just ridiculously small but even even england or france italy even germany that in comparison are nothing 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 close to the size of america so we have quite a size to try to keep everybody in some degree of unity makes it a little more challenging that you know that's that's understandable that that would happen uh, but unfortunately we have this kind of division some think it's the coastal versus the middle of the country which is not not uh, I'm not denying that others see it as east coast middle and west coast uh, as somebody who's an east coast guy uh, and I've heard east coast bias from my friends in other parts of the country for years and you know we talk about eastern standard time and you know the games and the shows all really are based on east coast time so there's something to that but I do think probably it's more more like the coast versus the middle of America. Or rural versus urban. I don't know. North to south. Maybe to some degree. Certainly not like it was years ago. But we have we have some of these differences. That just come from this massive size. of Of who we are. But again. It's still not a good thing. For the United States of America. To not be united jesus said something really powerful in the gospel of matthew chapter 12 verse 25 he said any kingdom where people fight each other will end up ruined and a town or family that fights will soon destroy itself now that's the contemporary english version the older version of the bible um would would say it uh, that a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. That's kind of the and then Abraham Lincoln's famous statement and famous speech when he was running for senator, not president, you know, but we you know, a house divided against itself, you know, a family. A town, a family, and the more contemporary, a house divided against itself cannot stand. All comes from Jesus. Any kingdom, any country where people fight each other will end up ruined. I think it's true. And it's a warning to us. It's a warning. Because if we we just keep dividing along certain kinds of lines, you know, like everybody sort of goes into their tribe or into their camp so that we... Are dividing ourselves by some sort of identity that is uh, greater than our national identity? Then I I think it's problematic. Now again, I have no problem. I have an identity as a Christian, an evangelical Christian, even though you know that word has gotten all politicized. And when I use the word, I mean it in its where it comes from uh, originally, "euangelion," which means gospel. So evangelicals are gospel people good news the good news that jesus loves you and wants to have a relationship with you has died for your sins on the cross and rose up from the grave proving his victory over death and sin so that you could come into relationship with god through jesus christ that is the gospel message in a nutshell that's what evangelicals believe so i don't want it to be understood in a political sense but rather in the purest sense of the way it's meant. So I, I recognize that there's nothing wrong, you know, with with, with saying I'm I, you know, I, I have an identity with this group, but it's when the groups are purposely pitted against one another in some sort of warring faction that I think we've got real, real issues that are concerning. And I'll just quote another scripture to you. This is particularly for Christians. But in John 17, 21, Jesus says, I want all of them to be one with each other, just as I am one with you and you are one with me. I also want them to be one with us. So this is what's called the high priestly prayer. It's a very important prayer that Jesus prayed. Before he leaves the earth, he prays that we would be in unity. He wanted his followers to be united, not divided. In the natural, there's physical divisions, continental divide, got it. But in the spiritual, there should be unity. So it's just really important that we try to find ways to be unified. The fact that we have different experiences or backgrounds or strengths, it's not a bad thing. It's it's a good thing. When we use them together, then God is glorified. The country is blessed. I mean it's it's a good thing I, I am in no way um, saying we should loo- lose our unique identity but the fact of the matter is is that we have greater similarities than differences this country is a country that became the greatest country in the world it, it superseded all the older countries the ones that we at one time greater. And we became that because we are this freedom-loving country that just really is a beacon for democracy, the longest-running democracy the world has ever known. It's amazing. The longest peaceful border between us and Canada the world has ever known. There's never been a longer border without war. It's a country that allows for amazing amounts of opportunity that just cause people to have these incredible stories of their lives, these success stories, these amazing American stories. Now, again, I understand that there are issues where where some maybe don't have the same level of opportunity and so people want to advocate for that. Great. That's good. We need to be a more perfect union. We need to keep working. We're not perfect. We have we have weaknesses. We have things that need to be strengthened. But there's just much uh, about all of us, the vast majority of us where we, you know, we just recognize that this is where you want to have the kind of freedom, the freedom uh, obviously of religion, the freedom of press, the freedom of assembly. The freedom to be able to uh, have a fair and equitable hearing of your peers before someone throws you in jail. These things are, are marvelous. And they're things that all of us care about, I believe, all as most of us care about. I also think the love of family, you know, it's one thing I've learned over the years working with lots of people. Lots and lots, thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of people of every kind of race and background is that people love their family. They, they, they love their family. They they have they'll make enormous sacrifices and tough decisions because of their family. And, and that's something that draws us together. So I think that we need to work on trying to find ways to be more unified Again, not uniformity, not everybody is the same and talks the same and acts the same and looks the same. Not saying that, not a bunch of robots. But at points, there it's important maybe to sacrifice a little on the uh, sub-identity for the greater identity. To be able to look for ways to share those commonalities that we have that I've listed out here and there are more than the ones I've even listed that make us who we are so that we can continue to be this place that does so much good you know just think it's just it's amazing just when you read like how many vaccines are being distributed by this country around the world there's just our let me just tell you this 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 will sum it all up our distribution of vaccines to other countries is greater than all other countries combined Our one country is doing more for this world in its greatest health crisis of recent memory than all the other countries of the world combined. I mean, this is a force for good. This country is a force for good. We we are a people. And again, the country is just like the church is the people. The country is the people. We are people who are not perfect. We've made mistakes for sure, but we have done some marvelously awesome good works in this world and this world needs us and we're better for for ourselves and for others if we are united rather than divided and I hope it doesn't take some sort of 9-11 type of tragedy to cause us to to move more unified now, you you would think in one sense maybe the the pandemic would have done that and then it's you know it's it's done the opposite it's been it's been one of the things that has created greater and greater amounts of division as people disagree about what to do if this was you know just some like absolutely death killing virus and millions and millions and millions were dying and everyone knew that if you didn't get a vaccine you would die obviously that would that, in that sense, it would be easier because it would be more cut and dried. And any type of attack on our country, those things draw us together and make it kind of crystal clear for us. But because we're in this season that we're in, it, it causes us to fracture. And I understand there's a physical divide. I stood right there. But we need to find ways not to have A divide of our spirit, of our heart. We're fellow Americans and we need to stick together and we need to highlight our similarities instead of highlighting our differences. And when I stood on the continental divide that summer morning, it just hit me. We need this, we need unity, not division. So I hope you'll do your part to see if you can help us because it'll happen as each one of us move in that direction. And I appreciate, again, you joining us for the Point of Impact podcast and I look forward to being with you again next week. You've been listening to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for tuning in and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.